So uh, that's uh, we're in the midst, uh, actually at the end, technically, of a three-part series called Life Shared. And really what its uh, goal is that we would um, be able to think differently about evangelism. We'd actually maybe think about evangelism in a way we've never thought of before. And uh, I hope these, uh, each one of these sessions has been uh, good. Each one of these messages have been good for you. And uh, if you missed any of them, you can uh, check them out on our website. But uh, let's quickly go over three main points from last Sunday. Can we do that together? So the first one is this. You are invited to serve. You see, serving is not just a principle of Scripture. It's a privilege. It's not just something that God tells us to do. It's a privilege to do it. John 13, uh, verse 3 says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, and the rest of the passage goes on to say that he took his outer garments off and he wrapped them around him and he washed his disciples' feet. Uh, Knowing where he, the Lord Jesus, came from, Jesus still chose to serve us first. He chose to serve us first. I can't help but think of uh, this picture that I had in my mind this week uh, of John uh, chapter 13 of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. They knew, the disciples knew completely who he, Jesus, was. They knew him. He was God in flesh dwelling among them, sitting with them, eating with them, sharing with them, laughing with them. That's who Jesus was. They could sense that his life was unfolding before their eyes. These disciples could feel that. So when the Lord Jesus took his robe and then he knelt down and washed their feet, imagine the disbelief in these disciples, the, the awe, the wonder of the moment. Can you picture that? Isn't it amazing? You see, You and I, we are invited to serve. We're invited to serve. So that's our our first uh, reflection from last week. You you and I are invited to serve. The second one is this, faith in Jesus. Uh, Faith in Jesus must be at the center of who we are. We can't have faith without Jesus, and we can't have Jesus without faith. Faith in Jesus always go hand in hand. And the third one from last week was ask the Holy Spirit. And I just have some scriptures that are so important to share. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak And he will declare to you the things that are to come. You see, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is both in us and with us and upon us. Isn't that incredible? The Holy Spirit is our power source. Uh, I woke up early this morning, and I don't know why, but I just realized the Holy Spirit is my power source, and I trust that he's yours as well. You see, I want to leave you with a few thoughts today. Can I do that? The first is this. God is at work transforming lives. Did you know that? God is at work transforming lives. That's the first one. The second one is this. God is inviting you and I to serve in his work. God is inviting you and I to serve in his work. And today we're going to go over this. Uh, uh, Number three, practical actions we can take to be a part 
of God's work. Do you know that you can do something practically to be a part of God's work? We're going to look at uh, what that means for us in our, in our lives today. So I ask you this. Let's take a step today. Can you do that with me? Can we take a step today? And uh, that's the title of this message. When I think of the video, wasn't it interesting how, like, so cool that guy was? Like, he just talked so calmly, and he just had this cool vibe. I don't know if this is vineyard people, but, man, it was just so awesome. The fir- one of the first things that uh, I want to draw our attention to from the video is this one. Neighbors. So here's my question. Our first point is just one word, neighbors. So here's my question. Do you know your neighbors? All right? Now, you don't have to answer that out loud, but this, here's the deal. This one has always been a tough question for me. You see, both Arlene and I grew up with uber, 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 grossly uber-friendly parents. All right? And they've always known their neighbors well. In fact, Arlene's neighbors that uh, uh, are in the house beside where Arlene lived growing up, they know me. That's how well they know each other. They know me. Uh, More by reputation than anything, but when I drive in her mom's driveway, what do I get? Hey, Jason, how's it going? It's been a long time. I'm like, yes, it has. And I forget forget your name. But actually, I don't remember. It's Elsie. Anyways. But uh, anyways, the point is is that uh, even Arlene's uh, neighbor, her mom's neighbors know me. In Mississauga, when we lived there, I had the hardest time uh, getting to know um, uh, our neighbors. It was very frustrating for me. I felt super guilty about it. I would even say hi to them, and they'd be like, hi, and they'd just run away. And I thought maybe I smelled, I looked funny, I wasn't sure. But it, it, uh, it was very frustrating. After our kids grew a little older, it helped because uh, once the boys started uh, to go to school, we got to know some of the families out at the bus stop at our place there. But no matter what, I just couldn't seem to get to know uh, certain neighbors. Uh, the truth is, it's been uh, much easier in Espanola to get to know uh, my neighbors, even if I don't want to, actually. But anyways, it's been easier. Uh, I even have some new, new neighbors that I need to get to know, and I'm excited about that. But I know that many of you know your neighbors uh, probably pretty well. But even still, I hope that this video has inspired us to do more. So you don't have to invite me over for dinner, but you could invite your neighbors over for dinner, and no one here lives beside me, so you're all good, all right? But uh, uh, the truth is, when it comes to our neighbors, I want us to take a step of faith. Maybe we need to invite them to church. Maybe we need to get to know them better over a coffee or even dinner. You see, our neighborhoods are so much more than just where we live. Did you know that? Our neighborhoods are so much more than where we live. You see, we become beacons of light with our neighbors, even if they don't recognize it, even if we don't recognize it. But what if you have a spiritually closed neighbor? They, they don't want to hear about God at all. They just want to talk about the weather or something like that. I can guarantee you that if you are in right relationship with them, they will come to you in a time of need. They will. Even the hardest of hearts knows how to find the person in their life that speaks to God. 
I'm thinking of that person in your family or a good friend you've had. Uh, they're the individual that everyone goes to when prayer is needed. Do you have someone like that in your family where when something goes wrong, I'm going to go to that person and uh, I'm going to talk to them. In, uh, in my family, that's my grandpa. Whenever, whenever anything's wrong, they, people just go to him and then he tells everyone. So it's an interesting cycle. But uh, anyways, but the truth is uh, we all have someone in our family that uh, we talk to or even a close friend. When I was a youth pastor, I'd always find, and uh, some of you won't be familiar with this term, but it's okay. When I was a youth pastor, I'd always find the aunties at our church, and they'd always have our back covered when we needed prayer for something or someone. They'd always have us, Pastor Jay, we got your back. And uh, that was always the vibe and uh, the thing I remember the most. You see, you can be a spiritual leader to your neighbors. You can be a spiritual leader to your neighbors. They may not know God completely, but they know that you know God. They do. You see, they know you have a connection with the Lord Jesus. So the first thought is our neighbors. Second one is this. I couldn't write it any other way, so you just get the way it is. All about love. Our scripture today is uh, Matthew 22, if you can turn to it if you want. Matthew 22, I think uh, most of our scriptures are from Matthew today, so you won't have to go far, which is a nice thing every once in a while, excuse me. Oh, I love water. Okay, Matthew 22, verses uh, 37 to 39 says this, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest, the great and first commandment. That's what the word says. Verse 39, and a second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, most people today would be familiar with this scripture passage. You see, Jesus' words are poignant for us. Loving the Lord your God is significant. We can agree on that. But you see, church, loving your neighbor is second, it's like right beside loving God is loving our neighbor. It's like loving the Lord your God. There's a, a close proximity. There's a close, a close simulation of the two terms. Church, the world is changing before us. It is. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't feel like the world was changing all that much. Today, now that I've gotten a little bit older, I feel like it's changing. Some of you I uh, grew up in a time where there was no pictures of the moon. Some of you, I want to turn right back. And, uh, and some of us, like me, grew up with all sorts of uh, 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 technology and uh, different resources, I should say, at our disposal. But you see, church, as technology advances to capture more and more of life's experiences, I bought a new phone this week because I have a bad habit every September, and uh, the phone now has more than two cameras. And I don't know why it does, because I don't know how to use one camera, okay? And I, anyways, I know you're laughing at me, but it's the honest to goodness truth. And, uh, but as technology advances to capture more and more of life's experiences, uh, to bring people far from us closer through things like video communication. How many of you have family that live overseas? I do. All right, so it's nice to be able to video chat and, and we can talk to them wherever we are on a screen. But the truth is, there's nothing like being in person with someone. I have apps on my phone 
that can uh, put pieces of furniture, I don't know if you've done this, but they can put pieces of furniture in my living room on the screen of the phone so that I can visualize what it would look like if I had that item in my house. Have you ever done that before? Okay, just me. Okay, don't call me and ask me how to do it. All right, Jackie has, thank you, Jackie. I appreciate that. All right, Arlene, you have to, you didn't put your hand up though. It sold me out. Okay. All right, but how long, here's my question for you. How long before it puts people in rooms with us so we can talk with one another? Think about that. We can put objects in rooms with us today. I could do a little demo for you on the screen. I won't, but I could. We can put objects. How long before we can put people on screens right in front of us? You see, as technology advances and draws us closer together through computers, we are paying this price with the fact that we are becoming more and more recluse as a society. If you're of my generation uh, <laughs> or even older, you know that talking to someone through a, f- a, a, a computer basically is not like talking to someone face-to-face. Can I, do you, does anyone agree with me? All right, okay. And uh, I'm, I'm aging myself with uh, some of the younger people in the room, but that's okay. You see, we are isolating ourselves from the world around us more and more. When I moved up here, I was reminded uh, that uh, some people just love to not be bothered. Have you ever met anyone like that? They just don't want to be bothered. (laughs) Val doesn't like to be bothered. Okay, but (laughs) she's hiding now. But uh, the truth is, (laughs) sorry if I bothered you. Okay, okay. The truth is, is that living here, I've learned that there's some people, you can be wandering through the bush, and you will find someone that says, get off my property. And you don't know where you are, because there's no electricity, there's no uh, uh, natural gas, there's no, I don't know, what else would you have, uh, there's no telephone lines, nothing like that. You're just in the bush. But that's someone's territory. It's somewhere that they've chosen to isolate themselves. So there's, that's an extreme but the flip side is, even in our society, we see people isolating themselves. I saw a photo of uh, a young person I used to have in my youth group years and years ago, and uh, I was so glad to see it because he was on a subway car uh, in downtown Toronto, and you would think, well, what's so f- fun about that? Well, it's because I don't think he's left his room in one year. So the fact that I saw him in a picture on a subway car, I thought, praise God, <laughs> He looked a little worse for wear, I'll be honest, but he was out in the open, which I thought was pretty good. You see, the teachings of Jesus are opposite to what the world is turning into. In many ways, but in this one in particular. Jesus instructs us to love our neighbors, to spend time with them, be around the people that cross paths in our lives. So instead of waiting for someone else to do it, instead of, uh, one of the things I love about being a pastor, and I've learned this, and don't be a hater, because haters are going to hate, hate, hate. But the truth is, instead of waiting for the pastor to do the work of the ministry, or to do the work that you think I should do, or Pastor Katie should do, instead of waiting for someone else to do it, off, I don't need to tell my neighbor about God, that's the pastor's job. Let me call him up, invite him over for dinner as a setup. All right, and I'll, and I'll get him to talk to my neighbor. No, 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 you've never done that. It's okay. Other people have, though. So instead of waiting for someone else to do it, instead of waiting for the person with more gifts, 
that, that are more fun than we are, uh, that are maybe even better looking than we are, younger or older or smarter than us. What if we start here? Make a difference in our neighbor's lives today. What if that's what we did right here, right now, today? You see, church, let me uh, tell you something and be completely transparent with you. The last 15 years of my life, I was reflecting on this this week. The last 15 years of my life, I've spent a lot of time looking more towards the future than enjoying the present moment. Have you ever done that before? You look more towards the future than just enjoying the present moment? I would look forward to married life. I would look forward to when our first child would be born. I would look forward to finishing university. I would look forward to getting a different job. But I've realized that I need to stop. I need to stop and start my life right here, right here. This is where I am. You see, church, I'm not sure if you know this, but we are at Queensway today. That's where we are today. You see, we can go home to where we live and immediately start our missions experience. Our missions trip starts right here. It starts right here. Our third thought for today, and I'm going to begin to close, Jackie, if you could help me, I'd appreciate it. I always need Jackie's help. But here's our third point. Am I professional? I must ask myself this question. Am I a professional? Church, God has given every one of us this statement as a mission statement. Let me read this to you. It'll be familiar to many. Matthew 28, verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when, he saw him, uh, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yes, he is. Amen. You see, no matter who you are or where you come from, no matter your history, no matter your ability, God's plan is that he will use you. God will use you. You see, the Lord Jesus believes in you. He believes in you completely. He believes that you will make a difference in someone's life. He has made you for such a time as this. He's prepared you for these days. You see, church, there's no one sitting here today that God won't use. Nobody. He'll use any of us, even the, the worst of us in this place he would use. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 6, verse 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. You see, all we need to say to God is this. God, use me. God, use me. A songwriter wrote these words, Here I am, send me. There's nothing in my hands. But here I am, send me. 
The old hymn writer wrote this, Let none hear you idly saying, There is nothing I can do, while the lost of earth are dying and taking the Master's call f- calls for you. Take the task he gives you gladly. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here I am. Send me. Send me. Church, I want you to remember that you can make a difference. As we close today, I I want uh, you to remember this that we talked about from the beginning. You see, God is at work transforming lives. He's at work transforming lives. God is inviting you and I to serve in his work. And God wants us to use practical actions so that we can uh, that we can take to be a part of God's work. He wants to us to practically be a part of God's work. So in closing, here's my prayer today. I trust that it's your prayer as well. God, use me. Use me, God. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. I pray that the words of Isaiah echo in our lives today. I don't know what God has been speaking to everyone in these days. What I feel God's saying about us is that there is a stirring in our hearts, a stirring to make a difference. And my prayer is that every one of us would come to the place where we say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. You see, God has a plan to use you mightily. Amen?